To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to episode 24 of Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is Wes, and I have Kevin on the other line. Hey, Kev, how's it going? Good, man. How's it going, Wes? I'm doing fine and dandy, thanks. Uh, we are now into the month of March, so we have spring coming up here soon. But we should mention that we are going to be doing an interview with Mark Sisson. It'll be posted next week, and he has the... Primal Blueprint. Yes, he has the Primal Blueprint, and we were looking on his blog, and he has a wealth of information there about all sorts of things, from exercise to nutrition to just healthy way of looking at food and our lifestyle as humans in comparison to how we used to live. We, meaning Paleolithic humans, way back before the advent of modern agriculture. And before that, basically, there wasn't any sort of the things that we see in the grocery stores. If you walk into the grocery store today and you don't walk in the perimeter of the store, but you walk in the center aisles, it's going to be really hard to find things that do not have something related to modern agriculture. You know, the grains, bread, cereals type stuff, anything with flour and wheat products and rice and all that. So... That's obviously come about in the last few thousand years, but our genes are basically oriented towards a much longer term than that. So one of the reasons why we see the somewhat of an epidemic in obesity and people being overweight and having a hard time with keeping their body fat percentage in an optimal level is because they're eating these products that their bodies really weren't designed to be consuming, at least in mass quantities, right? Right. Yeah. It was impressive reading his blog because it aligns pretty much with what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But also he gets a lot more into the exercise portion of your fitness. And it was actually pretty surprising to me because I'm, I'm an endurance guy. I love doing the running and swimming and stuff and more the distance stuff. But some of the studies that he cited and the blogs that he had on there were really showing that the sprint workouts were actually more beneficial and you'll be less injury prone by doing them. And they take a lot less time. So he, you know, he describes himself as lazy, even though he's done the Ironman Hawaii, which I don't know how lazy he really is. But, you know, that kind of resonated with me. So I was actually so excited when I read about the sprint workouts that I got off my couch and uh, went down to the beach and did a series of sprints just to, you know, kind of see how that felt. And it was great. I mean, his workout is, I think he says it's like four and a half minutes. I did a little bit longer than that, but Mm -hmm. it's uh, really efficient when it comes to time. And then the same thing with, I haven't looked at his gym routine, the weights or the strength training, but I think that's a similar type of thing where it's like really just quick, a really quick workout, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, we were reading an article earlier before the show that was published on McLean's, right? Yeah. How do you pronounce that? McLean's? It's Canadian, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, Hoser is up there in Canada. Cavemen who walk among us, from their workouts to their parenting styles, these modern men are fanatical in their devotion to Stone Age life. And there's actually, I guess, health clubs that have cropped up, fitness centers that are oriented towards these high-intensity burst-of-energy sort of exercise regimens rather than, you know, pounding the treadmill. They call it the dead mill. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I agree. So how was the sand down there at the beach? Was it kind of uh, soft or...? No, it was hard because we just had that storm come in, so the sand was wet. Yeah, it was all messed up. 
yeah, everything's messed up. The sand is actually on the boardwalk now. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's wet. The hardest thing was avoiding the rocks because there are a lot of um, pretty good sized rocks on the beach right now. But he, uh, Mark Sisson, going back to him, he has those uh, five fingers. Oh, yeah. Which are actually you, you put on your feet and they you conform to the ground. So it's kind of like a thick sock, but it fits on and it goes in your toes. So uh, I'm definitely getting a pair of those. Yeah, good for the uh, barefoot running aspect. Exactly. Because our feet are designed to not have shoes, actually. Yeah. That's another strange sort of thing that's come about with the advent of modern civilization is shoes. And I guess it's beneficial in the sense that you're not going to get your foot cut or step on something nasty. But in terms of your own coordination and even stimulating the brain, it's good to actually walk around barefoot, too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All good stuff. But... In relation to the carbs thing and and what people are eating today, it seems that people are trying to use a transitional device to get to where they really need to be in terms of their eating lifestyle with less carbs. Right. You know, we interviewed Jimmy Moore last week. Hopefully you all listened to that interview because it was really great. I mean, we went on for like 40 minutes talking about all these different things. And one of the things we mentioned was the nature of candy cigarettes, which was (laughs) a phrase by one of the guys he interviewed on a previous show of his, Dr. Kurt Harris has a site called PANU, which means paleo nutrition. Right. And so in episode 325, he just shows a bit of disdain for the candy cigarette perspective on carbs, meaning that instead of eating strictly what paleolithic humans ate, people, like I say, try to make that transition, and some never really get out of the transition, of orienting their foods around the low-carb carb substitute stuff, like your low-carb tortillas, your low-carb bagels, your low-carb pancakes even. Yeah, and we were looking at uh, the CarbSmart site, and and there's a whole list of them. And I remember a few years ago, they used to have these low-carb stores when everybody thought they could profit or cash in on the quote-unquote low-carb craze. Mm -hmm. And the stores would consist of all these products. And I remember going in there, and I couldn't find anything that really looked healthy. It was all just food substitutes like reds <laughs> exactly. filled with like you know soy products and anything but carbs but it, it was you know it was cheap they wanted to obviously maximize their profits so they're putting in a lot of whatever the cheapest ingredients are uh-huh. and that's not always the best for our health so they use a lot of soy protein i think yeah the soy protein isolate pops up in a lot of these products which isn't the best uh form of protein. And I just saw one here, I think it was the granola, low-carb granola, which I remember loving granola. Yeah. And it does contain some fat, which was interesting. But the fat that they put in there is canola oil, which is uh, not exactly, I guess that's from the rapeseed. They didn't want to use that name, rapeseed oil, so they switched (laughs) it to canola. But it's sort of a processed oil as opposed to what we would find naturally. Right. So there are problems with this, not only in the lack of nutrients, and they, I guess, have to fortify these things and so forth, but it's almost as if it's the vestiges of the carb addiction that are kind of cropping up here. So I think we were talking about whether or not you should eat these things and whether or not, I guess more importantly, it should be a central focus in your eating regimen, right? Yeah, I think that's the key. And I think we had a little bit of a disagreement on how much of these to eat. Because I actually do, I like the low-carb tortillas. I think they work well with some meals. And I even do low-carb bread, although it's not called low-carb bread. It's got, you know, no flour. and um, The flourless, right? Yeah, the Trader Joe's. That uses uh, sawdust and chalk. 
<laughs> yeah, yummy. No, it's actually really good, and uh, and it stays soft. So I know some of the low carb bread. I think it's just like hard as a rock, but this is um, the kind I get at Trader Joe's. It actually stays pretty soft. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for some of these products. But I think what a lot of people are doing is jumping to low carb, and then you know, like they have their one thing that they're hung up on. Their guilty pleasure. Guilty because pleasure. on this site they have a whole list of uh, sweet stuff. Yeah, candies, mints, desserts, uh, sugar substitutes, and sweeteners—all that stuff to deal with the residual addiction to the carbs, right? Yeah, yeah. And on a side note or a related note, I want to mention that uh, when I was shopping, grocery shopping the other day, I smelled chocolate, and they were giving away at Trader Joe's. They give away samples of something every time. And I made a beeline to the sample place, and uh, it turns out it was guilt-free brownies that they were giving away. Yeah, you did a blog post about this, right? Yeah, I did a blog post, and uh, I, yeah, I pretty much just saw it and turned the other way. Even though it smelled good, I'm like, I don't want to do without – it was fat-free brownies. And I'm like, I don't want to do without fat. If I'm going to have a brownie, I want the whole thing. And uh, so I looked at the package, and it has 26 grams of carbs, zero grams of fat. They totally missed the boat there, didn't they? They were thinking that the guilt comes from eating the fat, not the carbs. Yeah. It's like, what year is it? I, I feel like we should have moved past this era of low fat already, but I guess, you know, that's why we have our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, the marketers are appealing to the mainstream mantras that fat is bad. And uh, if you just eat the carbs, it's okay because that's energy, right? Get your energy yeah. from carbs. Yeah. It's not going away, but hopefully we'll make it go away here pretty soon. So yeah, whether or not you focus on, or whether or not you eat these low-carb or no-carb carb substitutes, I don't know exactly how you would, what would you call these things? Um, just low-carb breads and cereals, I guess, or low-carb sweets. Yeah. Whether or not you eat those, I think it's important to kind of recognize why you're eating them, you know? Right. Like, what is the reason? I mean, rationally speaking, your body would prefer the nutritious fruits and vegetables and meats and eggs and nuts and so forth. Right. So I guess if you use it as a supplement on occasion, like you're saying, it's fine. But if you orient it towards a central component to your lifestyle, because you're trying to stay low carb, but you're still have one foot in the carb craze community, yeah, it's going to be problematic to finally make that transition over to a better way of eating that your body actually would prefer. Right. So it bears on the whole psychological aspect. And I think we were talking earlier that it would be cool if we did a series of podcasts on the six pillars of self-esteem as articulated by Nathaniel Brandon's book of that same title. And he wrote that back in the early nineties. It was 94, I guess it got published and it's just filled with all kinds of great insights. Yeah. And I think if we just went through each pillar in in a show, it'd be really cool for the listeners because all this stuff kind of bears on the psychological perspective that we have in relation to how we eat and how we deal with self-conflict and how we deal with, you know, accepting what our cravings are about, you know, right. because if we really look at why we're craving pancakes, and by the way, I used to love pancakes, you know, and we were talking earlier, yeah. waffles were even better than pancakes because <laughs> you could get, not only could you get all the carbs, but you could slather that butter in those little indentations. Nooks and crannies, yeah. Yeah, the nooks and crannies could just like take in all that butter and then you got all the syrup and of course when you eat lots of carbs with lots of fat that's kind of a double whammy yeah but it bears on why we found that to be good to eat and obviously it's because we lacked the nutritional information for one thing we thought that carbs was the way to go for energy 
but also there's that sort of carb addiction thing that kicks in. And when you start having harmful effects, when you start gaining lots of weight, that's an indicator of like, okay, so let's reassess and see exactly why, what are my motives in doing this? Because I know it's not actually good for me. Right, right. And going through the six pillars, I think would be really cool and exciting because it's not just your diet that's affected. I mean, it's everything. So like each pillar one at a time, you know, if we do it over the course of several weeks or several months, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a really good way of working on your self-esteem. And at the same time, you're going to be getting your diet under control and the way you think about food. Yeah. And I think that's what Healthy Mind Fit Body has to offer that's unique is that we've integrated these self-esteem principles into the book. At the end, we have a seven-day sentence completion program, which is a psychotherapeutic device by which you can actually introspect and get to the root cause of your motives and look at your subconscious thoughts and feelings and remedy the self-conflict so that you can live in a congruent way. Like what you know about nutrition and how you eat and how you live is all aligned properly. Right. And of course, you can find more information about that on healthymindfitbody.com which has our blog and podcast and so forth. Yeah, and if you want to download the free audio, which uh, really gets into detail about all this, you can just go to healthymindfitbody.com and just enter your first name and email address and we'll get that to you right away. Absolutely. The three pillars for achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection, and that's what it's about. Yeah. One more thing before we sign off. I looked all over the internet, but I couldn't find, are there or are there not low-carb donuts? We are on that quest for the Holy Grail, my friend. <laughs> We're still on it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> if anyone knows the whereabouts of these low-carb donuts, please drop us a line and we'll get a man on it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it listed on this Carb Smart site. No donuts. <laughs> no donuts, no peace. That's just sick and wrong, dude. Yeah. And Homer Simpson would be very dissatisfied also. <laughs> True. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone, and I look forward to next week's podcast with the interview with Mark Sisson. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Take care. It's a-